the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Earnestly seek to commend yourself to God as an approved worker who has nothing to be ashamed of, handling the word of truth with precision. We're glad you're joining us for today's program, A Word from the Word, with your host, Pastor Tom, who will unpack for us the richness and beauty of the Bible's original languages as they bear on key words and concepts from both Testaments. Our hope is that your walk with God will be strengthened and deepened, and both your understanding and application of God's Word will be enriched, and you'll be drawn to love it more and more each day. And now, here's Pastor Tom. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining me on A Word from the Word. Well, we're at the cusp of the new year. For some of you listening, it might already be the new year. But from the bottom of my heart, I'll say, Happy New Year, friends. My wife tells me I'm the only person she knows who's kept his New Year's resolutions. Of course, you don't know what they are, and it may sound like I'm boasting, but each year it's the same. My New Year's resolution is to be weirder than I was the year before. Usually in October or November, I start practicing being more weird to prepare for the New Year. Well, friends, honestly, my hope is that 2024 won't be a same old, same old year for you, but that you can look ahead to something new. You know, when we moved to Arizona from New Jersey 25 plus years ago, one of our quests was searching for good pizza. Well, we found a pizza place that came closest to our New York pizza expectations, one that was several miles from our house, but worth the drive. And a pattern quickly developed. As soon as I walked into the restaurant to pick up my pie, one of the owners would immediately notice me and blurt out, Hey, Tommy! That's Italian for Hey Tommy. When I got to the front counter, my first words would always be, So how are you guys doing today? And their response was always the same. Eh, same old, same old. It reminded me of the movie Groundhog Day, because this scenario repeated every time I picked up my pizza. Well, friends, as this scenario played out over and over, it inspired me to think about what's new. So I began to ponder a question that's very appropriate for a new year. Which expression characterizes my Christian life? Is it what's new, or is it same old, same old? Well, in this spirit, today I'd like to spur us on to think about what lies ahead for us Christ followers, especially since 2024 is bearing down on us pretty fast. Now, I know you're familiar with 2020 vision, and you probably know the expression, hindsight is always 2020. Well, 2020 generally refers to a healthy vision, right? Perhaps in this upcoming new year, 2024, it will require of us to have 2020 vision. In other words, a healthy spiritual vision of our future. 
Perhaps my personal question should become the universal question we should all be asking ourselves. What expression will characterize our Christian life this new year? What's new or same old, same old? That's a fair question, isn't it, friends? Let me put some handles on it by posing two related questions. What new thing has God been doing in our lives? What new thing will God be doing in our lives in this new year ahead? 2024 will certainly be full of new chances, new challenges, new relationships, new goals, new paths to travel, new opportunities, new accomplishments, even new affections. So, reflecting on these, I came to realize how much of God's Word is actually devoted to the idea of newness. I searched and discovered that there are at least 70 direct references to newness from Psalms to Revelation. And these references describe various facets of our relationship to the Lord and His kingdom, now and in the one to come. Other references build on these themes so the actual number is greater. During my personal quest through these references, I distilled what I thought the significant topics were down to 17 that repeat in several books of the Bible, therefore adding up to the 70 references I mentioned earlier. Well, friends, here's my list. 1. New Creation 2. New Birth 3. New Self 4. New Life 5. New Heart 6. New Spirit 7. New Name 8. New Things 9. New Song 10. New Teaching 11. New Wine 12. New Commandment 13. New Mercies 14. New Covenant 15. New Community 16. New Heavens and New Earth and 17. New Jerusalem I gotta tell you, friends, it was really an exciting and refreshing exercise to discover that God is definitely not into same old, same old. It kind of puts the kibosh on that nauseating statement so familiar in many churches. You know, we've always done it that way. Does your church think that way? Maybe your church takes the negative tinge. We've never done it that way. I call that expression the six most destructive words in the church. Go ahead, count it on your fingers. We've always done it that way. Disgusting, isn't it? Reminded me of a quote from Mark Twain. The only person who likes change is a wet baby. Well, friends, in the course of this journey, Second Corinthians 5.17 became an umbrella over all my discoveries, traditionally rendered as, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Here's some modern variations. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Whoever is a believer in Christ is a new creation. The old way of living has disappeared. A new way of living has come into existence. Friends, at year's end, I like to reflect back on the year 2000 and the Y2K scare. Remember that? It was 24 years ago, you know, when the new millennium was ushered in. 
I also like reflecting back on an interesting video presentation that was produced. It pictured a timeline ticking away and not only highlighted the momentous events in the last 1,000 years of human history, but presented many significant human inventions and discoveries, <clears throat> ones we now take for granted, ones that have become so embedded in our daily routines we hardly bat an eyelash, like brewed coffee, flush toilets, the refrigerator, the light bulb, vaccines, medicines, the telephone, you know, the one with the cord, television, microwave ovens, the computer, the internet, and now cell phones. Friends, these now commonplace luxuries were once new and blazed the trail for new and better ways of life for many of us. Many of the people responsible for these inventions and discoveries followed an inner drive to find or create something new that would benefit all humanity by either alleviating suffering or improving our lives in some way. And friends, I can relate to that drive to create. My own gift and talent mix includes graphic and fine arts and musical abilities. I enjoy creating new visual images or new songs. We've all been given gifts and talents from our Creator God, and we're told to employ them in serving one another, and ultimately all humanity, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God, the one who put the creative spark in us. First Peter 4.10 says, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Two contemporary ways of expressing this are, God has given each one of us a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Or how about, each of you has been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts to be used in the service of others. So, use your gift well. A common expression at the end of a year and the start of a new one is, ringing out the old and ringing in the new. Well, friends, I'd like to repeat the two questions I shared earlier. What new thing has God been doing in your life? What new thing will God be doing in your life in this new year? Hmm, I wonder, will our spiritual vision in 2024 be 2020? What expression will ultimately characterize our Christian life? What's new or same old, same old? You know, friends, I often watch TV for research purposes. During that changeover from 1999 to 2000, I remember the Millennium episode of Touched by an Angel. Monica was giving her usual angelic advice to the main character. In the course of that advice, she made this profound statement. Take only what you need into the new century and leave behind what you don't need. Wise counsel, huh? Well, friends, please allow me to make one slight alteration to that piece of advice, okay? Take only what you need into the new year and leave behind what you don't need. Are you hearing me, friends? The opportunities are universal, but let's think soberly today as Christ followers. We're on the threshold of a new year filled with new challenges, new chances, new relationships, new goals, new paths to travel, new opportunities, new understandings, new accomplishments, new affections. Now, let's take a moment and first hear some of our spiritual predecessors, the Hebrew prophets. Ezekiel prophesied the gift of a new heart and a new spirit, 
in Ezekiel 36.26. Jeremiah told us of a new covenant in Jeremiah 31.31. Isaiah spoke of receiving a new name in Isaiah 62.2. And by the way, this is reiterated in Revelation 2.17 and 3.12. The Hebrew prophets in our Old Testament foretold of a coming new age that would be realized in the Messiah, Jesus Christ, who, by the way, was the second or new Adam, according to Paul in 1 Corinthians fifteen forty-five through 47 In the Apostle John's Revelation, chapter 21, 5, we are told that God will eventually make everything new. We're also informed that God will create a new heavens and a new earth in Revelation 21, 1. These valued truths are hinted at in Isaiah 65, 17 and 66, 22. The Apostle Peter even calls attention to this in 2 Peter 3, 13. And we also learn there will ultimately be a new Jerusalem, as Revelation 3, 12 tells us. Here we'll enjoy a new name and sing a new song, per Revelation 2.17 and 5.9. I find it interesting, friends, as a musician, that the idea of singing a new song is mentioned nine times in Scripture, in three books, Psalms, Isaiah, and Revelation. Now, friends, it's not my intent to go on a hymn-bashing rampage here, especially since I was weaned on hymns in my Protestant religious upbringing, then, in my later years, I actually rewrote and rearranged some beloved hymns to fit a contemporary style and audience. But let's please put a few things in perspective. Our typical church hymnals, unfortunately, don't list the dates of compositions of the hymns, except for the more modern ones. Having in my library several denominational hymnals and even an old Army-Navy hymnal, I decided to check the dates of some of the oldest hymns. It was actually an illuminating to learn that the the oldest hymnal, hymn, excuse me, the oldest hymn was 1515, unnamed, and Martin Luther's hymns began around 1523. The bulk of our traditional hymns dated from the early 1600s through the late 1800s, circa 1871. A handful of hymn lyrics written prior to 1500 were a few Christmas carols and some hymns that were attributed to John and Charles Wesley around 1739 and later. So, friends, what's the purpose of this Christian hymnody history lesson? I bring this up to remind us that the old hymns some of us revere so much and almost seem willing to die for did not come into existence until the first quarter of the 16th century and only extended to about the third quarter of the 19th century, a period of about 325 years. We might even ask the question, what was the church singing for the first 16 centuries prior to 1523? Likely Gregorian chants, and before that, odds are the book of Psalms. Certainly a worthy question regarding our worship these days might be, in our church worship arena, are we characterized by something new, or are we characterized by same old, same old, ouch? Well, friends, let's pause here a moment. You're listening to A Word from the Word with me, your host, Pastor Tom, 
I value you as listeners. A Word from the Word is listener-funded. Your financial partnership is vital to keep this program on the air, which also disciples Christians without a church home, and you who may have been hurt or wounded by the institutional church. Please join forces with me and A Word from the Word by emailing me for support details at A Word from the Word at minister.com. Friends, we're living in challenging financial times, and ministries are not immune from these challenges. A Word from the Word is still seeking to become fully funded, and monthly supporters are greatly needed. We'll repeat this info at the end of today's program. Now, friends, please don't misunderstand me to be suggesting we stop telling the old, old story. But maybe we should, in some cases, stop telling the old, old story in the old, old way. Sometimes we confuse the message with the method of delivery. The message will never change. But I think we need to give some consideration for how we tell the message or how we sing it. Several years ago, I learned a song that chokes me up every time I hear it. It begins, Assembled as your people, we have come to seek your face. For each there is a story of your amazing grace. Friends, God's newness and freshness is preserved because each person's story of his amazing grace is different. God is constantly working in new ways and doing new things. In fact, our salvation is pictured in the Bible as a new exodus, an exodus from the desert and wasteland of sin. When God is working, he completely surpasses old categories and old ways of thinking, friends. When God is at work, it involves a complete reorganization of our life. Well, I'd like to get back to the thought, friends, that when God is working, he completely surpasses old categories and old ways of thinking. Did you know that an entire book of the Bible was written for the express purpose of and devoted to weaning us off of depending on and clinging to old ways of looking at things? What book of the Bible do you think it is? Well, it happens to be the book of Galatians. And interestingly, friends, in Galatians, we discover a verse that parallels the verse we began with, 2 Corinthians 5.17. The Galatians verse says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. Let's rehear this in some modern translations. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Or how about, it doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. So this is Galatians 5.16. Curiously, both Galatians 5.16 and 2 Corinthians 5.17 have the same context. And specifically in Galatians, we have the entire book as well to help us interpret Paul's statement properly. The context is the position of the genuine Christ follower. We're new creations. The old creation is represented by life in the flesh. In other words, life ruled and regulated by sin or sinful principles. Whereas the new creation is represented by the change effected by Christ's death on the cross and the benefit we obtain, new life in the spirit. So we have been born again, or from above, or born anew. And as new creations, friends, 
We're now in Christ. We belong to Christ. We now possess the Holy Spirit, and our new life is now lived in dependence on and obedience to that Holy Spirit within us. Galatians is six short chapters, but it packs a punch. You can read it in one sitting. Please do this, noting what I've been saying. Christ's death and resurrection are intended to motivate us to view life in a different way, a new way. As new creations, everything is new. There's a radical reorganization of our priorities and a new way of looking at life and the people around us. To the first century Jews, this notion was revolutionary. So revolutionary, in fact, that even the Hebrew Christian converts had trouble shedding their old Judaism and Judaistic thinking patterns. So revolutionary that even they insisted that new Gentile converts retain the practices of the ritual law of Moses, particularly circumcision. You see, circumcision was the identifying physical mark of their covenant with God, made with Abraham. So to boast or put confidence in the right of circumcision, or even refusing to be circumcised, amounted to relying on the flesh, literally relying on self, relying on human acts like ceremonies, rituals, and outward appearances. Oh, but we don't do this in the church today, do we? Friends, Paul's words in Second Corinthians and Galatians are intended to rock our boats, set us all straight by upholding the gospel truth that old ways provide no ground for confidence, only Christ's death is sufficient. And friends, the old self, the old ways of thinking must be put to death, and we must put on the new self. Becoming a new creation in Christ includes being transformed and renewing our minds. Paul affirms this in Romans 12, 1 and 2. You know these verses, I'm sure. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, friends, as we embark upon a new year, let's take a little time and reflect on our own life. And please take only what you need into the new year. Don't bring old baggage with you. Don't live in bondage to old routines or old habit patterns. Wake up each day and don't begin thinking, Eh, Samo, Samo. Rather exclaim, Today's a new day full of new possibilities, even new missions from God. Then watch for and expect God to do something new. Dr. Randy Carlson from from Intentional Living once said, Don't be a living routine, be a living creation. Now there's an interesting New Year's resolution, huh, friends? This year I resolve to no longer be a living routine. I'm going to be a living creation. 
As our keynote scripture today reminds us, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And Philippians 3, 13 and 14 add the piece de resistance. Forget what is behind and strain toward what is ahead. Press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called you heavenward in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, we're nearing the end of today's program. Our program will close with an email where you may write me and share your feedback on today's teaching or any prior program you've listened to. But before we finish out today's time together, I'd like to add some personal thoughts. 1 Corinthians 5.17 is too often quoted as a standalone text, but its context is incredibly important, especially what follows in 5.18-6.2. through 6, This single text not only states an experiential fact, but also stipulates an existential mission that a person's despair over life and its meaningless can actually lead them to an awareness of God, the God from whom all of us must be reconciled, the God who infuses meaning into our life in the here and now. 1 Corinthians 5.17 is followed by... All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain, for he says, at the acceptable time I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the acceptable time, now is the day of salvation." Holiday times like Thanksgiving, Christmas, and even the New Year can accentuate human despair and life's meaninglessness, particularly in light of the complex challenges happening in our world. So don't miss this mission field, friends. Put your spiritual antenna up and tune in to those around you who need Jesus as the anchor of their soul. I love coming alongside those of you who are without a church home right now, or you who may have been wounded by the institutional church. Podcasts are at faithtalk1360.com. Search for local program podcasts or Spotify. Here, search for a word from the word with Pastor Tom or Apple. And thanks to my friends and partners at christianbody.net, we're being broadcast to over 70 countries. Friends, 2024 is near. The email you hear at the end is where you may inquire about how to financially keep us on the air. Please consider a one-time contribution and or become a monthly partner before year end so we finish in the black well thanks for listening today friends and remember jesus loves you i'm pastor tom with a word from the word friends if you would like to let pastor tom know what this program has meant to you email him at a word from the word at minister.com that's a word from the word at minister.com
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.